0: This is the People's Scrum, my love. Audio edition, recorded during the coronavirus lockdown when I was sitting in our back garden over a series of sunrises. Some grown-ups might like to listen to it. Chapter 31, Organisational Blobs. This is another of the older essays in the book written in 2005. Following the initial publication of my Catastrophic Organisational Change essay, I received some thoughtful feedback from my colleague, Michigan Bertig, who countered my position, arguing that Catastrophic change at any level is the sign of disease. As agile coaches, trainers, practitioners, we should be encouraging a healthy cycle of crisis and victory, not a process of crisis, 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 catastrophe, change. Fair enough. But I thought it useful to extend my thoughts on this topic, hence this essay. When we talk about change it's important to be specific. Everything changes all the time, whether we want it to or not. Change in an organisational context is really about improvement. I concur that improvement, rather than being all at once, needs to be continual. The small crises that trigger the changes that help us improve our learning opportunities if recognised and responded to sooner rather than later. They inform us, we learn, we adapt, we improve. I'm not saying that change must be catastrophic. I am, I'm observing that it often is, and that if we try to avoid that kind of change or run from it, we end up with no change at all, or perhaps even more damaging in its untruth, pretend change or surface change. There are different levels of change within an organization, including team change and personal change. Bertie is right in this sense. Catastrophic change at a team level is not necessary and not desirable. Teams, certainly Scrum teams, work with leaders or coaches who are fully or are fully self-organised. In all cases, they work within a clear and solid inspect adapt framework which allows frequent listening, tuning and adjustment. There is no value in letting a team make catastrophic mistakes before realising that change is needed. As coaches, facilitators, educators, we can guide teams to early recognition of warning signs. We can, and we do. That is why people engage us in this work. My thoughts on personal change have less clarity. Having been through my own catastrophic personal changes, I know it is not to be desired. I also know that sometimes that's just the way it is. And coming through the other side of that change can be a profound and awakening experience. Most of us don't have personal coaches to guide our thinking and behaviours in the way we can guide teams and would we listen even if we did? Most of us do not make visible what is going on internally. We perceive that as weakness. We mask, we bluff, we talk the talk, we build facades and we find ways to hide our vulnerability and our mistakes, and we even cover for others to avoid conflict. We like things to be nice, and therein lie the ingredients for a catastrophe. The majority of us will not see a psychotherapist, a spiritual guide, a marriage guidance counsellor or even a doctor until we reach crisis point, often crisis bordering on catastrophe. Admitting defeat is too devastating a proposition. I think it is human nature to deny problems, we're a hopeful species look at Hurricane Katrina. It was known that Lake Pontretrain's Train's levees were weak. It was known they might collapse. But drawing analogies with natural disasters is not always helpful. The point is, with good guidance and early intervention, catastrophe can be avoided. In our personal lives to some extent, and with teams to a greater extent, we have the ability to intercept. What about at the organisational level? That's tougher. At the team and individual level we're dealing with people, people we can meet, talk to, get to know. At the organisational level we cease dealing with people. Organisations are amorphous blobs, sometimes huge ones. They resemble those strange sea creatures you see in Jacques Cousteau documentaries, where you can't distinguish the face from the anus. Many such creatures may not even have a central nervous system. There may be a person in charge of the Blob, but so often that is in name only and usually that person is answerable to a board of directors and then to shareholders who are all so far removed from the day-to-day process, from the passion, as to be unreachable. Which orifice of the Blob do we address ourselves to? Who or what makes the change decisions? Catastrophic organisational change doesn't come about because we choose it. It comes about because the knowledge of how to introduce sustainable change into a large organisation is not yet well known. That's how it is. We're on a voyage of discovery. Organisational change is a very, very different animal to team change and personal change. Each type of change needs to be considered in its own context. We do each one a disservice by grouping it with the others and assuming the issues can be addressed with a single strategy. Personal change often needs a very individual awakening to occur, and that will be different for each person. As facilitators, we can provide creative space to inform and guide that process, but we cannot make it happen. From a team perspective, I believe the short span inspect, adapt model of crisis and victory is the correct way to proceed as we introduce Agile thinking and behaviours into big organisations. But I don't think we should fool ourselves into thinking that the success we see at the team level will ripple up through an organisation in a similar healthy way. I predict it will not. 15 years on, you can decide what you think about that.